of course, in um, this is uh, highly pathogenic uh, virus present in all uh, affected uh, wild boars in Poland. So the mortality is close to 100%, but some percentage, uh, maybe 1% of wild boars may uh, persist, may survive the infection. And these animals are uh, seropositive. That means they, uh, they seroconverted and they survive the, the disease. Hello, welcome to Meet the Expert, the podcast on swine health management in practice brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim. My name is Peter Best. In this episode of Meet the Expert, we will be discussing African swine fever from the perspective of experiences of the disease in Poland. I'm pleased to say the expert helping us with this is the director of Poland's National Reference Laboratory on African Swine Fever. He is Professor Greg Wozniowski, who is also head of the Department of Swine Diseases at the National Veterinary Research Institute in Pulawi. Professor Wozniowski, thank you very much indeed for joining us in this conversation. Thank you very much, Peter, for uh, introduction and in, for inviting me to present uh, the main issues related to African swine fever uh, experience uh, in Poland. Yeah, now, African swine fever unfortunately arrived in Poland in early 2014, didn't it? How many outbreaks has your country seen since that time? Yes, indeed. So, so uh, for for the last six years, uh, we uh, notified uh, 267 outbreaks in domestic pigs, and also over 7,000 of cases in uh, wild boar. Uh, and it's um, it should be also mentioned that the particular case in wild boar is not equal to wild boar uh, number because it's uh, related to the common um, location of the uh, wild boar uh, found dead for at the same at the same um, uh, area. So it's the uh, dead uh, the carcasses of wild boar that you have identified and, and tested uh, that give you that result. It seems a very high number. Obviously, uh, I assume the official policy in Poland is still to eradicate African swine fever from domestic swine herds. Yes, we are doing, of course, our best, and we learned a lot from uh, from the beginning of this story in uh, 2014. But it, and in fact, it's extremely difficult to think about eradication of the disease uh, when, when uh, of course, uh, there is no vaccine, no effect, efficient vaccine against African swine fever. And of course, many teams all over the world, uh, scientific teams, they are uh, working very hard on uh, potential development of effective vaccine, but still the only measure of eradication of African swine fever is to keep the population and density of wild boar at the possibly uh, minimal level and the same that the other efforts and multi, one of the most important efforts and, and measure in eradication of African swine fever in wild boar is of course collection, uh, surveillance and disposal of wild boar carcass. Now, surveillance, uh, those first cases in 2014 were in wild boar, I understand. Uh, were you already monitoring or surveilling uh, the wild boar population in Poland for any sign of the African swine fever virus? Yes, of course. The, um, uh, the surveillance of 
uh, wild boring pollens is compulsory within the affected area. So the, all the area related to to the occurrence or potential occurrence of African swine fevers or the part one, two, and three, according to the decision of EU Commission, decision 709, uh, 2014. Uh, but in, uh, in in fact, it's it's crucial and uh, for uh, early uh, diagnosis, early identification of African swine fever in wild boar uh, in any area to perform passive surveillance. And passive surveillance is examination of all dead wild boars and also wild boars from car accidents. Because uh, according to our results, uh, over 70% of animals from affected ISF affected area. Uh, namely, uh, dead white birds and also white birds from car accidents are positive for African swine fever virus. My goodness, is that a recent phenomenon, such a high rate of, of virus presence, or is that something which has been there for a long time? Well, it's uh, still, I, I can claim that in Poland, still, the, this is the epidemic stage of disease. It's not endemic yet, because, uh, of course, in um, this is uh, highly pathogenic uh, virus present in all uh, affected uh, wild boars in Poland. So the mortality is close to 100%, but some percentage, uh, maybe 1% of wild boars may uh, persist may survive the infection and these animals are uh, seropositive that means they uh, they seroconverted and they survive the uh, the disease and this this also it's uh, it's it's monitored and controlled uh, under the uh, under the uh, active uh, surveillance which is also performed as a most important measures in in terms of eradication of African swine fever in Poland. Yes, uh, the numbers of wild boar in your country uh, are there ideas of reducing the number by by some means of culling uh, the population. Yeah, well, there are many speculations, and this is also a big issue to to convince uh, some um, uh, some people which are uh, not aware of, of the potential threat of African swine fever that also culling, of course, it's one of the uh, dramatic way to reduce the potential threat of further disease spread, but it's also effective in uh, limitation of further expansion of the disease. But also the European uh, Food Safety uh, Agency uh, claimed that uh, there is no uh, safe level of um, the, the white ball density at the particular area. So in the past, the level is like 0 0.1 or 0 0.5 white ball per square um, uh, kilometer has been estimated as a safe to, to reduce uh, African swine fever spreads. But in fact, uh, there are no uh, safe levels. That means uh, the white ball density should be kept at the level as low as it's possible. Yes, yes, which is difficult. Um, apart from wild boar, or perhaps related to them, are any other vectors known to be have been involved in Poland in spreading the virus? I'm thinking of insects and ticks in other countries, of course, and and uh, spreading in, in meat products and those sort of things. Have you had real evidence of these uh, methods of transmission? Yeah, of course, we also take into account about the other potential uh, vectors. And of course, there are, there are recent papers and, and study performed by the colleagues from, for instance, from, from Denmark uh, and they, or Estonia. They claim that uh, it's possible that some kinds of, of flies uh, 
stable fly could be the potential vector in spread of African swine fever, but in our conditions we tested um, uh, at least few pools of uh, insects of flies, including stable flies collected from from the affected uh, pig holdings during outbreaks of African swine fever in 2018 and 19, and we can uh, say that this is not the real uh, threat in spread of African swine fever in Poland and, and the nearby uh, other countries because uh, it's possible that the fly could be um, partially contaminated with. Uh, some genetic material of the virus, but when we tried to uh, to come back to to cell cultures and to reproduce the potential uh, infection of of cells in the laboratory conditions, it's not possible to to get the infection. Uh, so we claim this is not the real threat. The other important threat, um, instead of of flies, we we believe and we are convinced that it's human activity, and it is this cannot be. Uh, predicted because uh, human may transfer the contaminated meat of uh, of white boar uh, for a long distance, and this this cannot it is nothing common with slow spreading disease in white boar population, but uh, this this this, um, uh, this cause uh, spillover of the disease in a in a distance uh, area of of Poland, and we have. Also examples from 2017 and 2019 when we observed new clusters of this disease in white boar population in central Poland and also in western Poland. So these new clusters being newly infected animals? Uh, yes, exactly. And uh, the first cluster of infected white boar occurred, as I mentioned, in November 2017. And uh, it was over 100 kilometers from from the nearest cases of African swine fever in uh, in eastern uh, Poland, uh, and the second one uh, spillover took place in in western Poland, and it it it, it was 360 kilometers from the uh, nearest cases of African Sorry. swine fever in in central Poland. So as you see, uh, the this cannot be uh, predicted that it's uh, it's not a slow uh, spreading and slow movement of infected white boars. Indeed, and human intervention is the only possible explanation for such long distance movement over that time. Exactly, that's right. Yes. So, uh, also the awareness campaigns, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think that the best way uh, also to, uh, to present this, uh, this potential threat to other uh, social groups, including hunters or including uh, um, all people that may be uh, uh, in danger when it comes to, to potential transmission of the disease to the new areas. Yes, indeed. I'm thinking even uh, you know, the workers on pig farms. You know, they you don't want exactly. them to come into contact with with uh, right. wild boar, do you? And live or dead. So I that's can right. imagine that's part of the biosecurity. Uh, the uh, spread from east to west in Poland that has occurred. Uh, could there be anything seasonal or climatic? involved in that just to complete the picture of transmission do you think that uh, the virus is able to be transmitted more easily in warm weather or whatever it is well i don't think so it's it's important when it comes to seasonality or any time during the year but it's more likely that it was also unpredicted human uh, 
related factor. Uh, so the transmission of, of, of the disease with contaminated meat of uh, shooted white boar. Uh, but uh, inversely, it, it should be mentioned that all, all white boars uh, within the affected uh, area are obliged to be uh, tested prior the movement to any areas in, in, in the country, prior the consumption. So it's, it's a little bit strange because also the people which are close to the wildlife, they should be aware that this is a potential risk to, and threat for, for other uh, parts, other branches of economics, including agriculture production, production of pigs. But in fact, we, we observed for, for the last six years the seasonality in, in the occurrence of African swine fever in, uh, in uh, pig uh, production. So the, the most of ISF outbreaks occur from, uh, from the end of May until the end of September. So the seasonality is also related to some human activity and also by, by some uh, actions uh, of, of farmers related to collection or of green forage or hay or straw. Also, sometimes could be uh, possible that they collect the, the, these um, crops from ASF contaminated area where wild boars are present in an in environment. Oh, no. So you're saying that uh, the feed given to the domestic pigs could include green forage materials which have become contaminated in the field before those crops are harvested. Yeah, exactly. We we also had uh, some experience from 2016 when we identified the, that the, the, the straw and the contaminated with, with the virus uh, um, was was the cause of uh, emergence of a new outbreak in pigs. So also uh, from so our... That was bed yeah. yeah, that was straw bedding then, not for feed, yes? Yeah, that straw was straw bedding. straw bedding, exactly, exactly. Litter, so this yes. also could yeah. be uh, the, the source of, potential source of infection. And well, that, that is also about the awareness of, of farmers. Yes. Any other feed materials? You mentioned green crop uh, having been harvested to go into feed. Have you any idea that uh, other feed materials might be particularly prone to carry the virus? Well, it, it could be also um, contaminated corn sometimes because corn is very nice uh, feed for white boars and also stimulates the reproduction rate of white boars. They like it very much. Uh, so, um, in in some cases, also corn uh, could be the potential source of introduction of the virus to the pig um, holding. But in fact, it should be mentioned that all vehicles uh, uh, used uh, at the area where ISF is present in Wildboar and the virus could be present in in a in a ground uh, could be the mechanical vector in uh, ISF uh, virus transmission to. Uh, to, to, to pig holding. So uh, also this is the next message for uh, for farmers that uh, without the, the proper disinfection processes, it's not possible to make sure that the, the vehicles are not uh, um, the, the mechanical vector of uh, in ISF transmission. Mm, yes, indeed. Uh, may I ask the, uh, the genotype of the virus that you've seen in Poland on a different level? Um, this was genotype two, was it? I yeah, exactly. So. It's still uh, genotype two, and the same uh, genotype is present in uh, all countries of Western Europe, uh, Baltic states, and also in Southern Europe, like Romania or Bulgaria. 
and also Asia. Uh, so it's 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 not uh, really a divergent virus because if we identify the genetic similarity identity of all these viruses, it's 99.9 percent of of the whole genome of uh, sequence of, of the virus. Uh, we, of course, as a scientist, we identified in, uh, in Poland some, let's say, genetic marker, a genetic uh, fragment, which could be used for tracking of, of the virus uh, and to, to as, at least partially to figure out what is the origin of the virus. If it, if it comes from white boar or from other outbreak in, in pigs, but this is only the uh, let's say that the well a partial information of potential variant of of the virus which is circulating in uh, in a population of white boar uh, and could be transferred to pig population. Yes, that similarity you mentioned, despite the genetic variability, is uh, uh, good news if we ever do get a vaccine, isn't it? It should be that uh, we get protection against whichever variant of the virus we encounter. Well, yes, of course, uh, the high genetic uh, similarity and lack of variability is a good message when it comes also to uh, to some uh, immune uh, response and also potential development of, of the vaccine candidate in the future. But in fact, this is a very tricky virus because it's not like in other um, immune defense mechanism that, that after the contact with the virus, the specific antibodies are, are produced. Uh, in this case, there are not uh, uh, so-called neutralizing antibodies produced, and this is the main bottleneck in uh, preparation of efficient yes. vaccine candidate. Yes, uh, so yes. there are few also uh, known and described mechanisms which African swine fever avoids immune defense of the infected uh, host, infected pig. So uh, the, the efforts of all uh, research teams are focused to, to know more about this mechanism and to uh, enable such, um, such kind of um, uh, immune response just to also to produce some booster for vaccines to uh, to deliver the um, highly effective uh, vaccine uh, which elects 100% protection against virulent uh, strain of the virus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's your impression of virulence of the isolates from uh, outbreaks in Poland? Uh, have they varied in virulence, would you say? I would say no. They they are they are in in a hundred percent they are highly virulent uh, strains. Of course, as I uh, mentioned before, there is some uh, percentage of uh, seropositive wild boar which seems to survive the infection. Uh, but still, it's highly virulent strain. It's not like in uh, the situation in Baltic states, uh, namely Estonia, Latvia, or Lithuania where other uh, low or moderate uh, virulent strains were identified. And this also the other way to, to potentially to, to prepare in the future the candidate of vaccine based on um, uh, low virulent strain of African swine fever. But also care should be taken when it comes to such kind of um, uh, vaccines because the uh, the reversion to the virulent uh, form of the virus is also possible and uh, as we know from the past from the preparation of vaccine in uh, in Spain it, it could lead sometimes to uh, to some more uh, economical loss.
Yes, yes. Now, in terms of then the uh, effect of the virus, if you're seeing high virulence, I guess you're talking about something which is a pretty effective killer of domestic pigs, uh, which uh, uh, would be expected. Fever, you've indicated as a regular sign, if not in every pig. Uh, the other thing which uh, I imagine is is a reduced appetite when pigs are affected uh, are you seeing a, a clinical picture which is all over the place or or very much uh, typical from one to the other mm -hmm. well more or less it's always the same so uh, the, the fever but not in all uh, affected animals it is also slowly spreading uh, among the, the animals within the herd and the other, uh, well, maybe not specific, but also uh, some veterinarians noticed that there's clinical signs. So they're used to uh, fit uh, intake by, by some, some pigs. But also from our experience, from our animal trial, we know that also infected pigs sometimes may, may not show any clinical signs and they may, uh, well, they, they, they may, they, show the same interest in in fit as a healthy pig so um, it's it's difficult difficult to differentiate that's why it's so important to to apply also uh, laboratory diagnosis of this disease indeed the the skin uh, indications uh, you know which uh, could be rashes or redness or whatever as uh, almost bruising and the around the ears as well uh, those have been seen, but they're not in every case. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah you're a hundred percent correct because uh, the, the redness of skin, uh, the cyanosis in ears, uh, and well, the body surface was not observed in all cases of ISF um, uh, outbreaks. So it's possible that that it's uh, so early infection that there is no uh, other clinical signs observed except, for instance, uh, fever. Now, in the past, uh, the references have also referred to the possibility of abortions in sows due to the African swine fever virus. Do you see any evidence of that in Poland? Well, we, uh, to be honest, we haven't observed the abortions caused by African swine uh, fever in sows. But uh, on the other hand, uh, sows and, and fatteners are the, the, the first pigs affected within the herd. That, that is because, probably because of the intensive uh, feeding of these animals, but also uh, these animals may, may have some, uh, uh, well, some 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 uh, earlier uh, um, manifestation of, of clinical uh, of clinical signs in comparison to to other age groups of pigs. Hmm. I must ask you also about any connection to the type of production system of the domestic pigs. I'm thinking first of all, small scale units. You, these. 267 total cases that you've identified in domestic pigs since 2014. Would you say the majority are on small scale farms or do they also involve large farms? 
Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, at the beginning of African swine fever uh, story in Poland, we thought that the emergence of African swine fever occurrence of outbreaks in pigs is mainly only related to backyard pig holdings and uh, small-scale producers. Uh, but, the, but in fact, uh, after that, uh, after six years, we know also that the story from this year showed that uh, the ISF may occur also in uh, uh, big pig holdings, big producers like in, in a far out of Finnish uh, system or patterners. So virtually in any uh, pig holding and it's of course uh, the biosecurity uh, rules in uh, in a small farms or backyard farms uh, may, may be at a lower level comparison to commercial farms. But still, they, they could be some leakage in understanding of, of biosecurity rules uh, also among uh, big, uh, big producers. So uh, I, I, I could say no, nobody is, is safe and it, it couldn't be uh, it's not possible to exclude also the, the potential emergence of African swine fever also in, in uh, big commercial farms of pigs. Yes. In Poland, do you have any or many uh, outdoor production systems for the larger herds uh, or are they all in confinement type systems in, inside in houses? Well, uh, we have uh, different kinds of, of production in big herds, far out of Finnish, fatteners. Uh, um, well, uh, so, so we also import a lot of piglets from uh, from third countries over 9 million of piglets uh, so uh, i would say uh, we we are not uh, independent and uh, of course uh, uh, free ranging uh, pigs uh, are of course not allowed at the um, affected area in the past also that there were some uh, few holdings of hybrids or so hybrid of wild boar and tent pigs uh, but we, we still have less and less such kind of uh, big holdings. Uh, so sure. to be honest, also we see that the production type is uh, of pigs in, is changing also in Poland. And uh, hopefully there are many hopes that this will not be converted like in case of Spain, where the most of big holdings were uh, adopted as a, like a, a patenting uh, farms with, farms for patenting pigs uh, because we also well, in Poland we are still partially independent uh, but in farms also because of the emergence of African spina fever there are less uh, sows in comparison to the previous years. Yes I understand. The, the, what I was thinking when I was asking about confinement housing is trying to imagine how a, a virus from a wild boar or free-ranging pig as you say could physically reach domestic pigs if they are inside yeah. in confinement but behind good biosecurity fences. Uh, yeah. is, does there need to be an intermediate vector or is there any possibility for direct contact between the two mm -hmm. in Polish conditions? Well, of course, uh, from from the past, from our experience, we, we know that the direct contact between infected wild boar and, and susceptible uh, domestic pigs was, was possible, at least in a, in a backyard farms where the, there was no fencing and uh, mm. well, there's some, some, some misunderstanding when it comes to biosecurity rules. But in fact, it, it's not the real threats of 
transmission and the direct contact between wild boar and, and pigs. Of course, free-ranging pigs uh, over make, uh, make some, some higher risk of uh, potential transferring of the virus from wildlife to, to domestic sector. Uh, but in fact, more uh, since we also tested um, many flies, which which are meant to be a potential vector of African swine fever virus, we know that it's uh, it's uh, rather the risk is rather related to to small pig uh, holdings. Yes, yeah, but I, I was going to suggest to you that the transport back from a meat factory might be a risk factor that uh, would explain the larger herds. You know that uh, so supposing that some pigs with ASF uh, virus, which are, has gone undetected, have been sent to a meat factory, and then the transport vehicles go back to a larger farm. That that's one way that the virus might move. Yeah, still, still, of course, I agree. So, so still, uh, this this story shows that uh, the contaminated vehicles could be also the unknown potential uh, source of introduction of African swine fever to to, to pigs. Sure. Uh, but, but of course, well, uh, regarding also the, the transmission of ISF with with illegally uh, purchased uh, or illegally. Um, transferred pigs from uh, sometimes it, it, it was uh, in the past we know it was quite attractive to buy uh, piglets from uh, unknown source without certificate so we know it, it's over this situation is over and all pigs in Poland uh, has to have, have to uh, uh, to possess the, the certificate, but at least in the past we know that also this is also human activity, illegal human activity at selling the pigs which which uh, with unknown status. Yes. Now I'm going to ask you the the biggest question of the day, I'm afraid, which is how hopeful are you today of stopping virus from spreading further and particularly. Can the further movement of the African swine fever virus into countries of Western Europe be avoided? Well, very good question. And of course, I know that uh, uh, without the effective vaccine, it's, it will be difficult to completely stop the, the virus spread in the white world population. So the one one thing and there was the one important uh, pillar of, of ISF uh, intervention strategy to stop further spread is application of strict biosecurity measures by uh, pig producers. Uh, the other one uh, thing is also application to to up to date and modern uh, measures of ISF eradication limitation, like an example of uh, Czech Republic, where uh, where electric fencing and other measures. Um, were applied to completely eradicate virus from wide world population. The same very good experience as we know we have from, from Belgium, uh, but these were only focal introduction of the virus to the previously free uh, country. But we may uh, apply the, the same strategy in case of some uh, some some cases in uh, new areas, which occurred in new areas in, in Poland, also in Western Poland, we know from, from uh, the experience of veterinary inspection that application of effective uh, measures like application of solid fencing uh, along with repellents against wild boar 
are are effective in in reduction and limitation of movement of infected white boars. Uh, the same with intensive actions of uh, searching and collection of white boar carcass and disposal of white boar carcass. So all this all together, all these measures, uh, along with um, also intensification of activity of hunters, uh, just to to keep the population of white boar as a potentially uh, safe level, let's say. It's it's uh, I think um, uh, well hopefully some uh, some hope for for the future to reduce further spread of the disease. I know also that the colleagues from Germany applied uh, mobile electric fencing against African swine fever uh, against uh, potentially infected white boars, and they they so far as I know they they have no positive cases of ASF. So. Altogether, I, I hope this experience from, from the six years of ISF in uh, our countries, uh, our country and other affected countries uh, will bring together some, some uh, we'll shed some new light on, on and understanding of the epidemi epidemiology of African swine fever. Excellent. Well, that's a message of hope to end on, I think, Professor, please. So could I just say thank you very much for your help today with this podcast and uh, much appreciated. I'll also say thank you to our listeners for joining us. You've been listening to a Meet the Expert podcast brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim, in which we've been talking to Professor Greg Wozniakowski in Poland about the experience in Poland of African swine fever. Thank you for listening. More podcasts in the series will be coming. Thank you, Professor. Thank you to our listeners. Goodbye. <laughs>